What's going on everybody? Welcome back to the Graveyard. I am the Graveyard Gamer and this is another Graveyard Review. This time it's for Yakuza 6, The Song of Life. At this point I have played 5 counting the spin-off Judgment of the Yakuza games over the past year and I have had a great time playing each and every one of them. And judging by my review scores, I was going back looking at them, of these games, I've enjoyed them more and more as I've played along with Kiwami 2 earning a 9.75 for me. So now going to Yakuza 6, where does that fit in? Well, let's jump in and find out. Let's talk a little bit about the story. And Yakuza 6, while it is self-contained, it does a great job with a nice recap. It lasts about 30 minutes. That kind of shows you some of the bigger events, introduces you to some of the bigger characters that you need to know from the previous games. Personally, I've played Zero, I've played Kiwami 1, Kiwami 2, but 3, 4, and 5, I have not got to that collection yet. So this was excellent for me. I started off kind of knowing what I needed to know and familiar with the people I needed to be. And the events, because this game actually starts off with Kiru being released from prison. So I can imagine without that recap, I'd have been completely lost. Anyway, you're released from prison. You go to the orphanage that Kiru has been extremely fond of over the series. And at this point, we find out his adopted daughter is in a coma. And not only that, she has an infant son. From there, the story becomes a very personal story for Kiru as he is trying to find out not only who performed this hit and run, but why and who is this baby's father? This leads us to a second location from Kamurocho, which is the, you know, the series number one town that you spend a lot of time in, to the new town of Onamuchi, where after a few run-ins with the local Yakuza clan, you become their anaki or big brother as they help you with your mission and figuring out this mystery because they knew your adopted daughter. Now, the story will eventually, in a true Yakuza fashion, grow from this personal story to a larger story overall with several moving parts and several new characters. I will say I really enjoyed this more personal story tied into your adopted daughter, hair crew, and trying to figure out what happened. And while it does grow, it starts to deal a lot with who that father is, and I enjoyed that as well. But the problem I had came with more of the way the story behind it grew. The reason the hit and run is performed and how that ties into the father, I believe was well done. I do think the mystery of who the father was is kind of drug out for far too long. It kind of becomes obvious, at least to me, early on in it, and then it just continues to go. And there's a lot of those, sorry, the princess is in another castle type moments of trying to figure out who this is, these red herrings. It was actually the larger mystery that grew from different clans feuding and trying to take over areas that I had issue with. It wasn't as impactful to me and ultimately served as a distraction from that better, more personal story with less payoff. Yes, the payoff to what this mystery of Unamuchi is and how big it is, it's, it's interesting. It definitely goes, oh wow, that's, that's a cool twist. But it, it doesn't feel like the same payoff because that more personal story gets left behind and I don't know, I feel like that was the heart of this game. On top of that, it's the first Yakuza game that I actually felt like had padding to the story that make, to make it last longer. I don't believe that was the intention. I don't believe they tried to make sure you got to this chapter number or 
it was this length in time. I just think that I was so removed from that larger mystery that starts taking up the latter half of the game that it made it seem like it just stretched the game out and also caused that more personal story to again last longer than it should have and at the same time be kind of buried beneath it all. That being said, I actually did like a lot of the newer characters. Some of them you don't like in the beginning, I won't lie, and you grow to really enjoy them. You grow to really like them, and that's that's always interesting for me. Now, I actually wanted to highlight Onomuchi a little bit here because I know in 3, 4, and 5, you probably go to different towns, but... I just had to point this out. See, I love Kamurocho in these games. And I even love the common second city of Sointerbury. Now, I'm probably butchering that name, so excuse me. But I didn't share that love for Onomuchi. Sadly, it didn't offer a lot for me. Sure, there's baseball and there's spearfishing. But the city itself didn't really endear itself to me. There wasn't a lot of activities I wanted to go to. Half of the city was... Not necessarily a maze, but it wasn't the easiest to run around. So ultimately, I didn't like this second city. And you actually spend a good bit of time there. I should also point out that there's not even a lot of places to buy the drinks that you need, to buy the health items you need, or restaurants. So while it's cool to go to a different city and break it up, I definitely preferred my time in Camarocho, which unfortunately, I don't know that you spend a great deal of time in in this game. Alright guys, let's talk about graphics, the first thing you see when you load this game up, and honestly they're well done. This game is a few years old now and it still looks really good. I love the design of the characters, especially ones that are actually modeled off of real life Japanese actors. I noticed this when I played Yakuza 6 last year. When it is an actor, it is some of the best digital work you're going to see. I mean, they genuinely look like that actor. The cities both look really good, especially Kamurocho at night. I mean, that city just has a special place in my heart. The way your heat moves make you turn blue and have a really cool touch to them as well as you're just kind of like knocking people out and there's you know, the screen can just start flashing blue and stuff. I mean, all that stuff looks really cool. Honestly, though, if you've played Kiwami 1 or 2, or even the recent release of Judgment, you know what to expect from this game's look. Alright, guys. So you can have the prettiest game, and you can have the best story, but if that gameplay doesn't hold up, that's going to bring down your entire experience. So how does... Yakuza 6 hold up in the gameplay department. Well, here's the cool thing. It is actually the first game in the series to use the Dragon Engine. Yakuza 6, like I said before, actually released a few years ago. So a lot of the features that I enjoyed in Kiwami 2 started off in this game. Now, some of those features include one streamlined fighting style, which I actually still prefer over the multiple ones found in Yakuza 0, Kiwami 1, and you can also earn heat moves by filling your meter which is really cool because you can also unlock different counters for example if you have a heat move you can actually use a counter to attack somebody with a gun take their gun and shoot them which is great because if an enemy has a gun that can really mess you up in this game same thing with somebody with a sword or a knife or just any kind of 
combo counter you can use. Those things are great to have. Or you can do what I like to do, save up all your heat moves until you can unleash the ultimate beast mode, which makes you a tank. You're just plowing through people, throwing these heavy fists, picking up heavy items, crashing them until you get to a finishing animation. Now, here's the thing. I had two issues with ultimate beast mode and that is the two finishing animations at the end of a combo. And the reason is, is one of them just has you tap the square button over and over again. It takes that last punch and makes it more powerful, but it's not like destroying the enemy powerful. It's just more powerful than what you've been hitting them with, which is actually really great if say you're fighting an enemy and maybe they're not all the way at the end of their health. This will just really take another good chunk off of them. Or maybe you're in a boss and you're in the middle of that boss fight, you can just take a good chunk off them as well. The second animation is more designed for if you're fighting a boss and he's close to being taken out. Or you're fighting a heavier enemy and again man, he takes a little bit more health. So you could use this second animation, which is a quick time event, and it actually does a good bit of damage. Now there's no way to determine which one you're going to get. So that being said that can really kind of put a hindrance on it. The other thing is, there is a lock-on button in this game. However, you might be holding it down, but if another enemy hits you or you hit another enemy, your lock-on has changed. And when you're surrounded by people, sometimes it's hard to tell who you're hitting. Now that can be an issue when you're, say on your next to last punch, you hit a random enemy, you don't realize that your next hit starts that animation, that finishing animation, you may have just completely diverted from the boss that you're trying to take out because he's the most dangerous guy and now you're actually taking out uh, a nobody. That can really get frustrating. Speaking of enemies, there's actually several different types. For the most part, they're fine except for brutes. I gotta be honest with you, brutes, heavies, whatever you want to call them, I don't like them in video games, especially a gameplay style like this where the combos and the action is more fast-paced they slow everything down. And a lot of times in games, they seem overpowered. For example, in this game, they will run up, and these are 300 pound dudes, and they will do a drop kick that will cause a good bit of damage and leave you wide open for a count, and they're kind of hard to dodge or block. Now, also, like in Kiwami 2, you can actually purchase drinks from vending machines all around town that have a ton of different perks to them, like more defense, more XP, more cash from fights, whatever it may be. I love this system, However, again, this being the first game released in the blueprint, Kiwami 2 kind of spoiled me because in that game, you can actually store 10 of them at a time. So say you want to store 10 for just getting more cash off, fight, off these fights, or say you want to you know, store 10 for more health or more, you know, whatever it may be, defense, you can do that. In this game, it's kind of elementary. You go to a vending machine, you pick which drink you want, you now can either carry that around and wait till you start a fight or drink it right away. Like, there really isn't any storing. So you may say, okay, I plan on doing a lot of exploring and I'm going to fight a lot of street fights, so let me get something for my defense. But you got to kind of either drink it right now or just run around right to that fight. Like, it really, it doesn't benefit you as much as being able to store it and use it when you want to. One thing and probably the most important thing for me, and this is a, a good thing, is the way it handles XP, how it works, how you gain it, and that is you gain XP from everything in this game. Eating gets you XP. You can even upgrade your stomach to be able to eat more and more often. 
Fighting gets you XP, missions, sub-stories, side activities, everything you do gets you XP in one of several categories. What I like is that your skills and your basic upgrades can be bought with that XP, but some do overlap, so you have to choose wisely. To me, this XP system has you constantly upgrading and improving Kairu so that you feel more powerful. Now, I will say that I did feel like some enemies leveled up with you more in this game because I never felt like the unstoppable beast that I did in Kiwami 2. But nevertheless, I really, really enjoyed this system. And it's actually a screenshot showing the XP is what got me excited to play this because it is just a fantastic system. Alright guys, let's talk about the side content because the Yakuza franchise is known for the sheer amount of side content there is available. And this game is no different. The normal arcade games are back. There's a chat room option to have Kairu kind of purr out for a bit. Spear fishing, hostess clubs to enjoy, clan creator, and baseball. And I actually don't mean just like the baseball park in the game because that is there. But you can actually go play baseball. Now, for the most part, these are all fun diversions, and the spearfishing is a great way to make money. Clan Creator is a lot of fun if you're into tower defense gameplay. I'm not really into it, so I didn't really invest a ton of time in there. Baseball, honestly, if you're not in the batting cages and you're playing an actual game, it's more of a simulation menu, and you'll just kind of see how people are doing, and eventually, once or twice a game, uh, you'll get up to actually swing you know, a bat and actually play a little bit of the game but it's honestly just like going to the batting cages like once you hit that's all you're going to do your guys either going to make it to base or strike out the issue with that to me is that to improve your team you have to recruit players which most are tied to sub stories and i gotta say sub stories in this game are a weak point for me and that sucks to say for one unlike kiwami 2 and kiwami 1 there isn't an item to help you find out where they're at. Like, you can't just go buy a substory finder or a trouble finder, whatever it was called in those games. So unless you're running around and you just get lucky and you happen to notice somebody, or you run into something that just automatically starts one, you may miss them, or you have to do a lot of searching to find them. And also, sadly, for the first time in all these games, most of the ones I played weren't that interesting. They weren't that funny. They weren't that... They just weren't that interesting, to be honest. I did play some good ones... But I only played right at 20, which is really low for this series, but I just couldn't get into them. On top of that, while in the past games, some of them have been multi-layered. Like, for example, in Kwame 1, you do one where you save this guy so he gives you a watch. And then somebody needs a watch, so eventually you give that guy the watch. And it he, and he goes back and forth for several sub-stories throughout the game until eventually you save a guy's life. And it's really cool because... It never feels like you're doing one sub-story. And there are some sub-stories, they're just multiple parts. You'll go and talk to the same person several times for happen. But this game is more tied to other activities. For example, with the baseball. Baseball itself is a sub-story. However, to complete that sub-story, you have to have the winning team, which means you have to now go out and recruit better players or you're going to constantly lose. And a lot of those players are involved with different sub-stories including one was for spearfishing. One had you wanting to go to the other town, whether you were in Onomushi and you're trying to get to Kamurocho or whatever it may be, vice versa. And the problem with that, I found, is you couldn't just 
travel between the cities as easily as, as in past games. Other games, you could just sit there and go to the cab and go there. This one is more strict on when you can go over. So whether it's one for baseball or it's just another random sub-stories, those have to wait for you to go to that chapter, remember to do it, and then go back to that town or do it in premium adventure mode, which is basically free roam after the main game. And to me, that just, that just hurts it because I love sub-stories in this game. But that brings us to fun factor. All right, guys. So with that being said, let's talk about the fun factor. And the fun factor in this game is still pretty high compared to most games out there. I still had a lot of fun with this game. If you've enjoyed Yakuza games, this game is still really good. And it's a good bit of time I was playing it. I was having fun. The problems I had were big enough to mark it down. But I also have to wonder, and I have to be honest, if I'd have played this game before Kiwami 2, would I have loved it more? Would I have really enjoyed it? We'll never know. Alright guys, with that being said, let me just be honest. This game might be marked down from some of the highs of the series, but at the same time, it's still a really good game and a great way to end Kiru's story. So with that being said, I'm giving it a fair and an even 8. I do hope you try this game out, but I would say, especially guys on Game Pass, if you have the option to play... Zero, Kwame 1, and now Kwame 2. Those experiences might be better. But that being said, guys, I'd love to hear your thoughts. You can always find me at thegraveyardgamer at gmail.com, thegraveyardgamer on Instagram, and thegraveyardg on Twitter, where I'm trying to post content on what I'm playing on a daily or every other day basis. Well, with that being said, guys, I'll be creeping around the graveyard.